You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to the Pixels Nink Podcast, episode 290, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining me today, for the first time in a really long time, in-house, Jordan Miorti. Yeah. Hey, how are you, Jordan? I am a little tired, yeah. but... How was know. the drive-in? Oh, it wasn't that bad, actually. See, that's Surprisingly. good. That's why you should come every single time. Yeah, but the drive in-house. home is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Details. Doesn't concern me, shouldn't concern you. That's a problem for future Jordan. That's a, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, we have... Uh, Cole Watson! Pleasure to be here. That's the second time you almost forgot who he was. No, I didn't forget. (laughs) How could I ever forget Cole? We have the same hair color. That's all that matters. Yeah, since you tried to copy me. I did. (laughs) I'm such a a Cole fan. (laughs) I had to try to look a little bit more like you. (laughs) Uh, How are you, Cole? I'm doing great. I got Venom number one over the weekend. Nice. Yeah, I saw that. And... I, I haven't read it. Oh, okay. Are you <laughs> ever going to, or is it just going to stay in package? No, because the, the guy I bought it off of was about to send it to get graded, actually. So I'm thinking I got to do that. Oh. Increase that value. Increase how that much, moolah. Uh, how much do you think it's going to be like the Venom movie? Oh, <laughs> if it's exactly like Lethal Protector, it's going to be 10 out of 10. Oh, for God. sure. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, wearing his fantastic DJ headphones... The notorious EIC himself, Brendan Fry. That was terrible. I am unamused, Lisa. Boom. That was amazing. I am Boom. unamused. Can I expect him at my next WWE event? Yes. <laughs> Brendan, let's hear your best DJ voice. No. Oh. <laughs> and how are you, Brendan? I'm good, thank you, Lisa. After that wonderful introduction. I hate you now. Brent, see, but see, Brendan already has a great DJ voice for like like jazz FM. That's where he would <laughs> really shine, I think. I think Brendan's gonna do this entire podcast in his jazzy chill Brendan jazz chill voice. voice. I don't even know what that would involve. Just talking normally. Ju- it's just talking normally. Talk yeah, normally. You're, you're already doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys, shall we get down to business? Let's. Alright, let's talk about the games that came out this week. So, first and foremost, um, well, actually, not the first of the week, but pretty excited for a lot of the members of the team here. Uh, Total War Thrones of Britannia came out on yesterday, actually. Yep. Woo. On Yay. Tuesday. On, on, May, on May 2nd. No, Wednesday. On May 2nd. So, uh, Cole, you got a chance to get some hands-on with that one. Yeah, that was a preview event that the, mm-hmm. that uh, Creative Assembly sent me down for in LA, where I got to check out uh, the Sega Atlas office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of fun previewing it at that time, because what it is is that uh, this one focuses specifically on uh, the Vikings and uh, the British kingdoms, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, Gaelic clans. So it it has a really good history to it, and then the groundwork for the engine is actually working off Total War Attila, which to some... To some was a, a poor decision, but uh, from what I got to interview and what I got to play, uh, Creative Assembly has really fine-tuned that engine now, and it doesn't have like any performance issues that I saw, mm-hmm. especially from what I talked with uh, with Preston, yeah. know, the actual reviewer of the game. Uh, he said that he didn't have any performance issues with it either. So now, why use the Attila engine rather than the Warhammer engine? I think it's because of the simplicity for the the historic time period they're in, because a lot of the weaponry 
set in this time period is really just swords, javelins, spears, and light artillery like catapults. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nothing like big or outrageous like a Total War War. Dragons. Where, and... where you got, yeah, dragons, you got tomb kings and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's much more of a side story game than I think like a, a full fleshed out like next big Total War experience. But now with so many Total War games coming out, because they have... It seems like every few months there's a new one. <laughs> yeah, you got uh, Warhammer now, yeah. you've got uh, Sagas, yeah. and then you've got, I know they confirmed a Three Kingdoms one, and then you have their eSports. Are they, over, are they oversaturating the market with these Total War games? I think so, but everyone is just like waiting for their time period to hit for them to like jump on it. Okay, so it seems like everyone's like, well, I want to buy this time period, this time period, this time period. Yeah, I want to play with Lu Bu, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think, you know what I think is, uh, it's like, whenever that happens, because um, we kind of saw it with, like, uh, Dynasty Warriors, yeah. is it like, and there's there's sort of a tipping point where, like, you, if you're into that series, you can't get enough until you get enough. Yeah. And then it just sort of starts to hit that, like, peak quality point, and the only way forward is down. Yeah. So maybe, like, in enough time, if they if they really get, you know, crazy with this and just release a new one every six months probably I'm sure at some point people will get tired of this but for right now like you said like it's getting it's got the potential to keep like growing yeah like the audiences are still playing like old ones like Total War 2 uh no Total War Medieval 2 that was a good one though yeah uh and understandably so and then like the mod support for that game is outrageous for how many maps the communities developed for it and as well as a a a number of new units so how does Total War Britannia and Total War Medieval 2 differ they seem to be taking place very similar time periods. Uh, I would say that the map is probably the biggest upgrade with Britannia, where, as well as the tech tree, that they really want you to focus specifically on uh, a family dynasty. Okay, that's kind of neat. As well as just building that up, and uh, I think it's much more, as well, a political focus game. So is it kind of mixing the concepts of... Um some of the uh, paradox type games where you have like the like the family going through the family tree. And kind yes, of, okay. I, I would definitely. Like Crusader say that. Kings kind of thing. Maybe not yeah. as in depth as Crusader. Not, Kings. not as in depth as Crusader Kings because that gets really crazy with your settlements. Well, that's also an interesting where you you could you marry two families together, then see how they go. Yeah. I'm like, how are you? You've lived like eight generations now. How are you still alive? Yeah, and how is technology not advanced yeah. at all? <laughs> so I mean, that those sort of games were interesting. So it's neat to see the Total War games kind of incorporating some of those elements, if even if not as in depth as those games go. Yeah, definitely one I think people should check out if they're into. Well, if they're looking for a new strategy experience, cool. to check out. Cool. All right, um, something else that came out... Well, it's actually coming out uh, when this podcast comes out. I know, we're in big competition. Uh, Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Feet, Freeze... Tropical, Trop- Trop- wow. tropical wow. Feet, Take huh? two. Take two. <laughs> tropical Do- Feet. Donkey Kong Top- Country... <laughs> tropical... Oh, my. Oh, my goodness, guys. It's a new era of Donkey Kong. <laughs> he's, got, uh, he's got a weird back problem, and uh, normal medication just doesn't work, so now he's got to pay those topical fees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me try that again. Let's Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze uh, is coming out on May 4th. And uh, yeah. For the Nintendo Switch. For the let's, Nintendo let's, Switch. Let's clarify because it already so, yeah, came out. Yeah, it's already out. out. So um, anyway, 
that I'll, one. Uh, I'll be talking about that yeah. a little later on. You'll, you'll get into that one in the reviews. Yeah, but uh, it's. I mean, it's good. Yeah, we all knew what it was. It's yeah, stop trying to freeze. And it works on the Switch. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, would you say it's better for the Switch? I would, and this is, but we'll get into it after. Okay, I have, I have thoughts. Have, you have thoughts. Okay, yes. we'll hear about your thoughts afterwards. Um, okay, so a couple of uh, other titles that came out. Um, a very small uh, baseball game, Super Mega Baseball 2. And you didn't get your star sport reporter on that case. Okay, I, I, have, I, I have multiple star. <laughs> we have multiple star We all know I am the best sports mm-hmm. reviewer best draft ever pick. reviewed a sports game. Yeah, so, not sports. MLB. <laughs> hey, I liked it. I don't know how I ever got so bad. I enjoyed it. Well, you'll probably like this. Actually, Jordan, you'll probably like this one, too. It's a little more cartoony. It's a little bit turned oh, down. Great. But it's inexpensive and yeah. apparent builds up a from like the previous title. So that's pretty cool. Um, so check that one out. Um, also, Guns of Icarus Alliance launched. And Hooray. that one, okay, so that one's the steampunk that's the airship steampunk, one. Yes. And it's it's great, it's great. Um, but it launched for console. Oh, Yeah, okay. so that's what the launch is that we're talking okay. about. So it came out for PS4 and I, be- I, think, I think PS4 and I believe Xbox, but I'm not, I'm gonna have to check that one up to, re- yeah. to check that one, but. Uh, I got I got a little hands-on time with that uh, about a week it's fun. ago. It's fun. Um, I think I would like it better on PC. Um, yeah. Is it performance? It, no, it, honestly, I, the problem, the issue I had, and, and, and now this was a little while ago, so they've had an opportunity to fix this by this point, and I haven't played the official release of it yet, so I'm going to qualify this. I had some problem with some of the mapping in the menus, uh, but, okay. but where the console completely shined over PC, and I prefer console over PC any day of the week. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I love you, Cole, <laughs> but... Where it absolutely shined was the gameplay on the bridge. It's only PS4 and Steam. It's, it's only PS4 and oh, Steam? No. Okay. Thank you very much, Brendan. But, uh, yeah, it, it having that controller and being able to play it, like, on console, it was great. Like, the actual gameplay itself was a lot of fun. It's okay. probably an ease of access thing, too. Yeah. Like, yes. It's, it's going to get, like, more hands-on on uh, on a console. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, that's, that's the thing. Like, the from what I know of Guns of Icarus is, like, it does have a very, like, um, like cult following yeah. like and that's just that I feel like that just comes with a lot of these kind of like out there like PC games yeah. so someone might see this and like think oh cool like airships yeah but it's <laughs> cool airships yeah, but, it's, it's, yeah it's 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 more like mm-hmm. it's more easy to see on like a on like a console yeah console. and uh, and the fact that it's a it's a multiplayer to begin with and a cooperative one at that yeah and combative at the same time it's just it's a lot like it's a, I could see See, this is kind of what I wanted at a Sea of Thieves. Like, there's so much to do as a like, as as an actual crew on the ship. There's mm-hmm. so many different jobs that you can take over that you're not kind of just you know waiting for the one guy to sail the ship and then jumping yeah. off and yeah. attacking things. You're you're constantly on the move, and there's mm-hmm. so much to do. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to check it out, now's a pretty good time to launch on. They've is done it, a lot. Uh, is it free to play? Yeah, I was about to ask. Um, you. I can't remember if it was on PC. No, I don't think it is. I thought it was for a time, but that might have just been some Steam free weekends. Yeah. I thought it was too. I thought it was or one of those like free to start kind of games. Yeah, because there are definitely a different variety of ships that you can choose from and and, and crew. Well, right now it's uh, it's pay you. It's about uh, 15 bucks USD on Steam. That's not that bad. So it's not, I I think it's approachable at the very least. Oh yeah, no, 100%. Um, So great. Yeah. Check it out if you haven't had a chance. And uh, so, and from now, we missed this last week with our, our podcast, but a um, couple shout outs to some Canadian teams who've 
been doing really good stuff. Uh, uh, Jotun uh, Valhalla Edition arrived on Switch uh, last week, so April twenty seventh. Um, it's great. It. It's great. If you haven't, if you didn't get honestly, if you didn't get a chance to play it the first time, now's an amazing time because there's a few little updates and some great stuff, and you can actually. It just looks stunning. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh yeah, the art no, style is incredible. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Thunderlost has an amazing art team, and they really love the games that they make. So, like, you're gonna find a very solid, um, in depth and engaging gameplay in whatever you're kind of doing. Because yeah, uh, what was it? Um... A lot of good indie stuff hitting the Switch. It was like, yeah. like, like, like last last week or the week prior, I think. Don't Starve landed on the Switch too. Yeah, and I am awesome. Something I think Little Nightmares is coming to Switch. Little Nightmares is coming yeah. to Switch, um, that, and that's coming really soon. Yeah, because they I, it's sometime in May. I know they announced it back in January during mm-hmm. that huge uh, direct that they did, um, but I'm not. I wasn't sure the exact. Date. It might be like May thirteenth, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm just wait, I'm just waiting for Hyperlight Drifter. That got like that's coming that, up. That that's same up. like direct or the it was the uh, not the same director like the uh, the indie direct that they did like uh, in, I think in March. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't actually show it in the trailer, but then like Nintendo tweeted like then like the next hour like oh yeah by the way Hyperlight Drifter is totally coming to the Switch too. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it's like wh- and so uh, like with that, Enter the Gungeon and Undertale. It'll probably be, like my th- three of my favorite games if not three of the best indie games I've played in the mm. past, like, couple of years. Well, you and a lot of other people. I mean, uh, it's, it's got a big follow. High Life Drifter has a it's big so following. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and one more from our Canadian side. Uh, a game I've been following since, basically, I started with CGM was uh, this amazing little platformer called uh, Lightfall, done by Bishop Games. And it finally got a launch after a very long development process. But um, it's doing pretty well, from what I understand. Uh, nice. I know. What's Remington. the pitch? Pardon? What's the pitch? Why is yeah. this so cool? What's the hook? What's the hook? Sell it to us. Well, it's <laughs> it's it's another puzzle platformer where you are this character on this. It's a completely black black front kind of shadow play, almost without like looking like a shadow, and beautifully designed uh, backgrounds. like backgrounds and, and landscaping and things like that. And you're in this very mysterious world. You're being led by. Um, an owl who's teaching you how to kind of okay. move through this world like and owls. teaches you how to world harness this power where you can conjure up different platforms that can do different things okay. and get you through the puzzle of the whole world. Um, it's it from like even at the early early like the beginnings of it, it was always very tight. It was always really fun to play. Um, so I'm glad to see it finally got its release. Nice. And uh, again, you can check out reviews for all of these things uh, at cgmagonline.com if you want to learn a little bit more than what we talked about today. And we're going to move on to news. So, guys. Yeah, let's talk. Um, Rockstar uploaded a third trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2, and we finally got a little bit more information about who we're playing and who we're following. And uh, so we're going to be playing as uh, the... As a, as a real as, gritty... As a real gritty bank cowboy. train robber, cowboy. Yeah, we're playing a cowboy. Every cowboy Big is... Big surprise. We're playing as Garth Brooks. We're playing as Garth. <laughs> um, so we're playing the life of Arthur Morgan, and uh, we're following him and the Candelind gang, and uh, through their robberies and... Now, refresh my memory. Is that the same b- gang that John Marston was a part of? Yes. I think at the beginning, okay. yeah. Um, so yeah, okay, because they did say that he's gonna be involved in some way. Yeah. Game, so and I believe we did get a little uh, a look. Did we see it? Was he the guy with the cut? The cut oh, yeah. I, th- yeah. I thought. I thought so. Tra- at the end of the trailer, we got a little bit of. I, a bit of John I couldn't Monster. remember. 
because this is a prequel, right? So yeah. um, it's it's good because I kind of didn't want to give up that character. I'm going to be honest there. You want to know that I never actually like officially finished uh, Red Dead One. Well, now you have time. Like, yo, because this was the thing that happened was that like after I got like the like the actual like ending um, or the ending of the game, and then you like pick up as uh, John Marston's son. Yeah. Um, I guess spoilers for anyone who's listening. Um, I didn't realize that that wasn't just like a clever way of doing like post game. Like I, I told one of my buddies that I stopped playing at that point. He's like, "You didn't actually see how it ends," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "There, what?" <laughs> yeah, I got a weird glitch in my game where I actually wasn't able to continue. Like I got to oh, that no. point. You got the mm-hmm. bad ending. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's simple. That's what I got. <laughs> so never mind, not a glitch. <laughs> but yeah, no, this, uh, like, I mean, I'm really feeling the vibe of this game. It does look very uh, Grand Theft Auto-y to me, like, in terms of, like, presentation. Um, at least Grand well, Theft Auto Five, like, in, the, in that sort of, like, very grandiose, like, yeah. very cinematic, uh, very, like, like, highly structured like missions and but i mean that makes a lot of sense considering how far into the future we are in terms of development that right? is true so, so it's and and they've learned a lot of lessons rockstar's learned a lot of lessons with grand theft auto yeah. and the way that series has kind of evolved and it's really great to see that it's it's a lesson that's being transferred although over. i have to say one thing i am really sad that um rockstar never did put out any character expansions for Ro- Grand Theft Auto Five because that game was right. Yeah, the but you know yeah. they were making yeah. bank. Oh yeah, on that they're making online. good money, and I don't blame them. They didn't need to. It's just I was like, I, I we wanted, wanted some stories. Well, who yeah. would you want? Who would you have wanted to see? Well, I like what they did with Grand Theft Auto Four, Four where yeah. they had all these different side story. Ballad of Gay Tony and, and the, the Lost in the Dance. Yeah, I just like that concept of exploring more of that world. Yeah, but yeah. I guess they're kind of doing that with the GTA Online. So. Sort of, I think but. They I, do it in the heists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the only part where I really see, like, character development yeah. or even, like, character mentions. But is there actually... Because there's a, is there actually a heist where either um, Franklin or Michael get involved? The only heist I'm aware of is the one where uh, Trevor is involved. Yeah. But I don't remember the, the other two guys showing up at any point in those heists. Yeah, I dropped off of GTA Online. I dropped I, off. It's, it's, it, the people in there are really good at what they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I jump in there a few times. I'm like, oh, I am not at all equipped for any of this no. stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's also, it's a gamble, too, because sometimes you get in, you get in, into, like, I've gotten into some heists with the prison heist, especially with some people who just, they just don't have their act together, mm-hmm. and it's really annoying. <laughs> that are just running, gunning. Oh, yeah. And also and don't know how to... Ruining it. Well, then you get those jerks who, like, set, like, the, the, like, the payout limit, so they get, like, 90% of the cut, and you get, uh, everyone else yeah. gets five. It's like, come on. I love yeah. those people. They're, They're the, the worst. best. <laughs> well, anyway, Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on October 26th, so uh, this trailer is kind of reinforcing what we want to see, so we're excited. I hope so. Um, okay, so here was an interesting story, uh, and as journalists, I know we all kind of, we don't like when these stories happen, because no. it really kind of sheds, a, casts a really terrible light on the it industry. It perpetuates itself. a narrative. It perpetuates a narrative. Not, it's only like... Not even remotely true. Like it's only I've only ever seen like anecdotal evidence that sometimes stuff like this happens. Well, unfortunately, there are some. Just like any other business, there are some uh, people that some, interpret some... things in a different way than others do. But anyway, so um, it turns out that um, so you guys have heard of the game uh, Immortal Redneck, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Jed, review, Jed reviewed that one. Jed reviewed that one on the site. So 
Anyway, it turns out that there were, before its actual launch, which is, I believe it's coming out on the... Uh, 10th, I want to say? I want to say 10th, and I want to say 11th, so I'm going to double-check this here. It's on the 10th. I was right. Haha, ha, I win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's coming out on the 10th, and it turns out that there was a, um, a user on Reddit, uh, on the Nintendo Switch subreddit, uh, named Atomic Cat, who saw an eBay ad for digital codes for Immortal Redneck. And then yeah. they noticed it. this happened, I think, a few days ago. So it happened, obviously, before launch. Um, they investigated, and sure enough, they got a code, and it worked. And they reached out to the developers, and they found like they found the site, and they're going to you know, pursue I as don't, much I as I don't know if it was can. necessarily reached out to the developers. They more of, they reached out to, to Reddit, and Reddit, because it kind of got started getting kind of noticed on Reddit, it made its way to the developers. I don't know if they actually this user reached out directly. I think. Well, I think. It, yeah, I think it was more like the the traction that was built over yeah, Reddit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So reached out on over Reddit. Let me clarify that. that happens on Reddit. Well, it's Reddit, used to, Reddit used to kind of be such a weird place, and now it's like real real stuff happened. Real change yeah. happens oh, yeah. on Reddit. Well, <laughs> Internet great. police. It's become, <laughs> become such a ubiquitous place. It had no like no choice but to evolve. Yeah. Speaking like, of speaking of like Red Dead, it, it really is the internet like sheriffs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the wild well, west I mean, out there. Some of them are. Yeah, I mean, there's some. <laughs> there are a lot there's of. some scum on Reddit. Well, that's, that's why it's the wild west. <laughs> you but got anyway, the sheriffs and you got the bandits. Exactly, but right, anyway, yes. regardless of that, like the fact that first it breaks off any journalistic ethics code because all of these games are embargoed, and yep. when you sign an embargo, that means you can be legally prosecuted for breaking that embargo yep. if the developers I mean, fair, and publishers most, choose to go behind and uh, go ahead of you. Right. I mean, most people. It's very rare someone will face prosecution or even being sued for breaking an embargo. What most of the time will happen if, if an outlet breaks embargo... They get it, blacklisted. They get blacklisted. Yeah. But this is different. This is not even breaking no. embargo. This is taking a code with the intention of reviewing it and then just selling yeah. the code. Yeah. Which means that it's uh, there's a lot of... I know that was a big problem uh, when streaming became a big thing. Because everyone mm-hmm. kind of... Well, you might be a streamer, so we'll give you a code. And a lot of those people were just like code farms. They sell them in G2A or things like that. So yeah. this, is, this is very similar to that. It's just, it's annoying when it's a smaller team. Like, if it's a, it's a Bethesda or it's a Sony, they have maybe a few codes to spare, and they're going to be selling a few hundred thousand to a million of these games. One, exactly. One to five codes isn't going to do much. Not good, but it's, it's not... It's, a, be, it's better than it could be. Yeah. But when it's a small team, a small developer, and every single review of that game counts towards kind of 100%. getting that game out there... They're going to feel it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Well, they were given, like, in, in a lot of these small developers, this one in particular, only has a limited amount of codes that they can give out, right? Yeah, and right. It, it hurts in sales. It hurts in a whole bunch of other ways. Yeah, cause, and, and even just getting, like, the word out there, because they're counting on, like, critics, like, to, mm-hmm. like, give an opinion and help, yeah. like, sh- like expose this thing a little bit more. I mean, I, I'm glad that we and other outlets are reporting on this sort of thing. So we, oh, yeah. we're giving them coverage yeah. in... In an obtuse sort of way, but we're yeah. still giving them coverage. But you know what? Regardless of that, like, it's a good it's a good thing for the like our general public to know that the fact that this is why like you go go to the source. Don't yeah. be buying these yeah. things on oh, these codes off of eBay and things like that. Or Remember, you, like that, they, like when it, when it's a resold of any resell yeah. of anything, especially it, these smaller indie developers that really mm-hmm. rely on this kind of income. Like it's in, it's important that you 
as a buyer, support your developers. Otherwise, you're not going to get, they're not going to get more games out of that. And yeah, yeah, we have to, as consumers in general, we always have to speak the wallets. And a lot of the time we yeah. hear in the games and journalism industry that speaking by your wallets means don't buy this game because it's crap. Mm-hmm. Well, in cases, in other cases, you also have to speak with your wallets when you know there's something that's good and yeah. somebody you want to support. It's a hard, it's a hard like gamble though, because that's part of the, like part of the, not, I wouldn't say problem, but part of like the like the environment is that some people like they like they the you know they can't afford all the time to go straight to the store. So if they see what looks like a deal on eBay or something, they're gonna go for it. Mm-hmm. And like that's you know a lot of a lot of like people probably aren't gonna be doing like deep amounts of research and thinking now wait a minute like this this game looks like it's coming out early like what what is yeah. this like they might just see oh pro- code for Immortal Redneck awesome. Um, so it's like it's you know it's a responsibility on on the consumer as well to kind of do their due diligence, but like you can't okay you look bank on that. I, I would argue with I, I would I would totally agree with you on like the price point, but dude, no, this is like twenty bucks. Yeah, USD. no, I'm not. Don't I'm, do it to an indie man. It's I'm not, twenty bucks. I'm not advocating at all. Yeah. I'm just you know I'm just saying like you know you can kind of see how it's it's difficult in that in that sphere. But I mean, even if, in the if, indie stuff, like the reason playing, why uh, like Steam sales do so well is because gamers see this stuff where it's like, oh my yeah. god, five dollars for this game, absolutely. Yeah, and Steam like, and, and there's there's incentives for the developers to be able to do things like yeah. that. Like I mean, uh, I know I know for a fact, uh, I would, like the games I was following, like uh, Joe Two when it first came out, and Lightfall just recently finally getting its its out. Like for the first like week of development, I believe there was like a ten percent discount to buy this game. Yeah. But and it, and which encourages more people to playing more people talking about it more people buying it right yeah so like exactly steam offers these kind of incentives uh other platforms like that also offer these incentives there's there's never for an indie game like this there's never really a need to go find it on ebay no or something like that that's just i just i just uh you know i don't think uh like i wouldn't gripe the consumer as much as i would gripe you know the journalist quote unquote uh, yeah who and was that's like so really ethically compromised that they would do something like this like that's just a real dirtbag thing to do yeah i mean we deal with embargoes on oh, a yeah. daily basis here <laughs> yeah. at CG but just Magazine, even just so. just the fact of like being like because yeah like uh like you know like we kind of like we said in our article like it it really is like it's a privilege yeah. that these guys will send us review codes that we get to review and it's like, and I look at it as as kind of like a like a double privilege because not only like are we getting to review this stuff, but like it'll in you know in quite a few cases like when we get download codes, those are games we get to keep. Like this is stuff that I want to I'd want to purchase anyway. Like so it's 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 nothing but like like you know an excellent situation yeah. that we get to yeah. we get to be part of this industry. We get to be like reviewing these games, and we get to be like you know getting stuff that we get to like enjoy. Mm-hmm. So to turn around and kind of just like spit in the face of many of these developers and publishers who are like putting good faith in us mm-hmm. to and giving us these codes. Like it's just like it 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 almost it it bothers me because it runs the risk of like tarring us all with the same but that's, brush. And that's you know? the meat of the that's the meat of the situation. Yeah. We 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 all have to understand that we're all part of the industry, right? So we all have to Remember that our actions yeah. reflect everyone's exactly. actions, but or, or not reflect, but like in, impact. Yeah. Is what yeah. I mean to say. If there's a lot of journalists that are acting improperly, yeah, we publishers are going to be less likely to give out codes for games, especially indie publishers. Oh yeah, it's going to be only IGN, Gamespot, Kotaku yeah. that get codes because there's yeah. it's not worth giving it to someone we might not know. So this doesn't hurt the medium or large size outlets, but it will hurt 
the new, the upcoming sites, the ones yeah. that are just starting out, just building a name for themselves, and they're not going to be able to get review codes. Yeah, and the amount of damage it does over time is going to start, like, it's going to yeah. be, like, noticeable. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm I, glad things came to light in the sense, yeah. and, you know, I, I hope this is just a, people take this as a, as a warning story kind of thing, so, Any yeah. journos listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> just don't do it. Just well, don't. Okay, moving right along. Um, so, H1Z01 developers, uh, Daybreak Games, had a large series of layoffs last week. Right after their big tournament. Right after their very big tournaments, Brendan. Yeah, that's sad. That's yeah, a bummer. you were at that tournament. I wasn't. It, it, yeah. And the thing is, they did a good show. I'll, give you, I'll be putting an article probably up early next week about what they did and how they did what they did right for it. But the... Battle Royale genre now now is very tight. Mm-hmm. They were broadcasting only on Facebook, which is an odd choice. That is a very odd choice. Really? You think yeah. if you were going to broadcast anywhere, it would be Twitch? Yeah. But they chose an exclusive partnership with do, Facebook. But do we know mm, why? They made an exclusive partnership with Facebook. No, but why did they make that choice over Twitch? <laughs> um, apparently, Facebook was going to do some help with them. But then again, the same thing happened with High Res. High Res made that same deal with Facebook. And that didn't last very long. They wanted those sweet, sweet Oculus dollars. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think it's more the fact that, that Facebook promises a lot to developers when they say, hey, you could bring it to our platform. We're going to make sure that everyone sees it. We have a massive following. There's 2 billion people on our platform. You can't get it anywhere else. And then no. developers find out, oh, wait, Facebook doesn't care about anyone seeing this video. So it no. just kinda sits in, <laughs> it's hidden in your weird Facebook page. Yeah. Even if it was on like the sidebar as like a sidebar kind not, of thing. It's it's, I don't it, pay like, attention to it. Exactly. Like people people create their own little echo chambers in Facebook exactly. and like anything that you really aren't interested in, you're not gonna look at. And it. if it was on if it was on Twitch, Twitch will promote it to the front oh, page. Yeah. People say, like, I really want to watch a battle royale match. Oh my god, there's yeah. pro leagues going on right now. Like the pro league, they had some great movements. They had some great people playing. It's just the problem that it's on the wrong platform, and I think that's the biggest problem with that pro league so far. I mean, I've watched a few of the games. I've seen how it kind of goes down. They they have a really good set of teams. So, what do these layoffs mean for these this pro league then? I don't know, and no one's willing to answer. So I don't know, uh, but it seems like some people involved with. Esports in um, at daybreak were let go, so it is affecting all parts of the studio. Yeah. Also, the fact that it's now a free-to-play game that is competing against PUBG and competing against Fortnite, which are both powerhouses. Although I think oh, yeah. Fortnite on, Fortnite's doing a lot better like, than Fortnite, PUBG. Fortnite right now is just killing it. Considering yeah. that was a free mode, they just kind of like maybe we made this free <laughs> mode. Well, and the fact that yeah. like countless developers are noticing are jumping on the battle royale bandwagon, oh, so yeah. the market is now becoming. It's, it's hit a huge saturation point because I know yep. even today in my email I received like three different battle royales that are coming out and I'm like I I don't know where you guys yeah. are going to go with this. Yeah, exactly. And the biggest problem with battle royale games right now is there are only so many eyeballs for each game. If you want to have, and the Twitch market is interesting because it will move from game to game. It doesn't. Yeah. It isn't as if there's a new influx of people going into Twitch. It's the mass of people on Twitch are moving from oh we like Fortnite now oh we yeah. like PUBG now and everyone makes that move it's it's what it really is whatever's trending it, yeah. it and it's it's I mean it's shocking to me because like it's this 
have we learned nothing? Like, this happened not even, like, five years ago with the whole hero shooter thing. Yeah. Over, or Overwatch shows up, and everyone and their aunt is trying to have a new hero shooter. I know. And but, it's like, who wants it when we're, we're, everyone's playing Overwatch? They already yeah. have Overwatch. Don't make a new one. The stranger thing is, H1Z1 was, like, the original. I know. <laughs> I know. That's the weird thing. And then but, kind of, it was a, one of their weird modes they created because no one was playing yeah. the actual game. Uh, player Unknown made the mod for King of the Kill yeah. and then went on to do PUBG. And because H1Z1 was in this state of we're not updating the game, we're not fixing any of it, and we're just releasing crates, people are like, we want something new. Yeah. Out so comes, comes PUBG. Yeah. Everyone jumps on. Yeah. And I, I don't think... Although I think it's weird that H1Z1 is still called H1Z1 when there's no zombies anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Uh, and their logo is like a zombie head that's like covered in blood. I'm like, that's really cool. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a mask that you can buy. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. But there are no zombies. So it's just yeah. kind of like, eh. What does the Z stand for now? It still stands for zombies. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. three Zs because everyone's sleeping on but the problem, H1Z1. But I mean, they, Daybreak's an interesting studio because it does have the people that used to be Sony Online Entertainment. Yeah. Um, they did. They still run EverQuest. They still run all these things in the in the thing. It's just the fact that when they split off from Sony, they just lost their way. Yeah. And I think they just don't have the um, direction they need to get themselves out of this kind of slump. Yeah. That's, well, that's a rough one. But I mean, I do hope everyone I've met at Daybreak have been amazing. They've, yeah. They're yeah. a great bunch of people. It's just I think I feel like I'm cursed because every single time I go to go to an event to see something, a few days later I hear the studio shuts down. We're gonna stop sending you to events. Yeah, seriously, we'll send everybody else but Brendan. But yeah, that's a rough one. That's a rough one. I, I but I, it seems like the industry has been really reaching out and really kind of pushing to get everyone that's out of work into, into work. work, which is great. Like as soon as the studio lay, announced the layoffs, like Epic Games is reaching out, Bethesda's reaching out. Sony, Santa Monica, all these big studios are saying, hey, we'll find work for you. You, you let go from there, but we'll That's make great. sure you land on your feet. Yeah. So. And it's great to see that this is, in the end, this is a very tight industry. It is. And people do support each other in so, I mean, a multitude of it's ways. It's always good to see that. Yeah. yeah. There's so many good people in this industry that even if you do lose your job for some reason, as long as you have the skills, you'll, find, you'll land on your feet. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. That's great. So, more good news. So, guys, do you remember 2016? This seems so long ago. We were, and this is, this is interesting because we just brought this up. But yes, please continue. Yeah, I'm 2016. Looking at the headline. So, uh, yeah. So, in early September 2016, we had a competitor to Overwatch kind yep. of come out. Uh, Paladins entered oh, early access. Paladins. Paladins from High Res Studios. <laughs> well, guess what, guys? It's, two years later, it's finally it's getting a full release. Two years later, in the height of the Battle Royale <laughs> craze, <laughs> they thought, hey, let's bring out our hero shooter, Overwatch Killer. <laughs> no, 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 I have a question. Um, how are High Res games doing overall? Because I, I, I mean, Smite good. was Smite was huge for a while. Then it kind of starting to drop off, and I don't have a clue I, how Paladins are doing. I know a I lot of people like, like Paladins. Yeah, I think I feel like it's got uh, a big audience. From what I've read and from what I've seen, it's it's got its audience. Okay. Like it's yeah. not like I don't it think was, it's was a competitor really, in any way. It's I think the it's same just, way that I think Smite has its audience. Okay. Yeah. But will it grow? I Probably don't not. think so. Wasn't it really huge in like Korea or something? Yeah, Paladins? because it was the free to play one. Yeah. But now. I, I know there's a lot of been a lot of problems with um, high res, especially after the last year's high, uh, HRX, where apparently they weren't paying their players and a few of this other stuff. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of Exodus out of the studio, 
is high res on its way down, or is it just like growing pains of the industry? I would say on its way down. Okay. Like it's sad to say that, but because there's so many good people working in high res. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like their vision, so, something, or even like their roadmap is just very fragmented and doesn't have like a clear path to actually growing these audiences. Mm. It's more just we're playing a maintaining game. Right. And that doesn't bring in the money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe this will give kind of a new kickstart to the whole thing. I mean, they're they're doing a big over-the-top celebration of this release. And rightly yeah. so. It's been a yeah. long time in the making, right? I think so, a tournament with a good yeah. prize pool as well. 100000 that's a, good, uh, that's a good. That's a good prize pool. They're doing right? a, yeah, hundred thousand prize pool um, between on the weekend. Uh, actually, this weekend coming up, May fifth and sixth. Um, that's taking place in La, uh, the esports arena in Las Vegas. Um, they're I also. Think, I think that's at Caesar's Palace. Where is I, that? Where you work? I think okay. that is. Yeah. Oh man, hopefully that place is. Maybe it's that place that's cursed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hopefully not. Cross. Crossing fingers and knocking wood on that one, but um, they're also going to give away to uh, anyone who's joining up a uh, hundred million dollars, a uh, hundred million in-game currency dollars. Um, what are the, what is the currency in Paladins? I don't know. I think oh. it's like it's always like some gold. form of gems, 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 gold. Sure. Gem. Get your um, costumes. Yeah. And they're also releasing because everyone else is doing this a mobile game called Paladin Strike. Uh, for iOS and Android, it's sure. available. It was available, um, I think, as of yesterday. Right. I believe, which would have been Wednesday. Okay, I'm doing that, so that's pretty cool. So maybe this will breathe a breath of new life into high res, and hopefully so, because like they're a great team. Yep. No, they are a really good team. We've been working uh, with coverage on them for since we started as a magazine with. Um, what was it? Tribes mm-hmm. Ascend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, they've done some really good games. I just feel that they just they compete against some of the biggest names in the industry, and it's hard to kind of take them down sometimes. Yeah, it's the same way as Cliff's studio right now. What is it, oh, Boss yeah. Key? Yeah, but that yeah. was that, that was fun. Yeah, that they're chasing trends, and because I feel like well, to to say that they're chasing trends, especially in now like nowadays, like I just said, like yeah. it's two years. It's kind of two years after the fact that mm-hmm. the the hero shooter was like a really well to big be fair. Thing. Um, what was it called? So it doesn't um, seem like so much like they're, they're, like they're chasing trends. They're just staying committed to the thing well, they wanted to well, do. Boss key. Is chasing trends. They, they clearly oh, yeah, said, huge. Yeah. "We're doing this. Hero, we're doing this hero shooter thing." Oh, that failed. What if we did a battle royale game? Yeah. And they abandoned. Like that's what I mean. They they abandoned Lawbreakers to, to, fair, to work on no it. No one was playing Lawbreakers. No, because everyone was playing. You know, Overwatch. If they weren't playing Paladins, <laughs> so like, the, why did the, you want a third one? Called? Radical Heights. Yeah, and everyone it just might... looks like Fortnite. It's be so fair. Oh, it looks worse because there's not textures for oh, half no. the building. Yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some maps with missing textures, and the game feels like, hey, we need to get out of this. Uh, we need to get out of the um, Lawbreakers game. What can we do yeah. to get out of the Law? What if we made a third? Uh, Fortnite looks popular. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and I feel bad because. Cliffy B has been on Twitter saying that yeah. a lot of his team are going back to Epic and all this other stuff, and they do. Well, Bosky does have a good team. He wasn't so much saying that a lot of his team were going. Like he was like, "Oh, I'm so sad." Like he was like, he was complaining. He was giving yeah people. crap like to Epic for taking his people. It's like, no, these people need jobs. Like leave them alone. Yeah. 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 Stop stealing my people. It's like, <laughs> well, stop. You know, doing what you're doing, and maybe yeah. <laughs> make a game that's profitable with a good marketing press. <laughs> yeah. Poor Cliffy B. Yeah, Yeah. poor Cliffy B. He worked on Gears of War. He did. (laughs) To be fair, he created Gears of War. He was one of the people. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he was like, um, was he like legit, like the, or wasn't he like artistic director or something? I believe he was, uh, actual, like, I think he was creative director. Creative director? I thought so. 
Yeah. He was the, it was the uh, guy, it was the mind behind Gears of War. Yeah. That being said, games are collaborative things. The Altura 3 doesn't fully work. He might have said, I really like the concept of giant guys with big guns. And they said, okay, we'll make that work. But yeah. Can you put a chainsaw on the sword? <laughs> <laughs> what if we took a gun and put a chainsaw on it? Yeah. Promote that man. <laughs> no, that he man is a genius. That man will work for Square Enix, okay? Yeah. Can there be more belts? <laughs> <laughs> what if every character looked like a football player without, like, the... Without the jersey. I have this Just fridge. Can you make everyone look like yeah. my fridge? <laughs> I really am a, a fan of my fridge. Everyone. So Brendan's leaving us to become a game developer. Yeah, he's, got, he's got it nailed. <laughs> What's your new battle royale no. called? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's way ahead of you. It's going to be an open world survival. No, it's going to be an open world hero-based yes. battle royale. MOBA. MOBA. <laughs> it's just Mugen. <laughs> Or Master X Master. That was a thing. Oh, God. <laughs> that was you liked thing. that game. Yeah. It was kind of cool because it was a MOBA hero shooter single player game that lasted for like three months. Can I just make, say something totally a little bit off topic, but I'm loving how all these developers are deciding that I one genre is no longer good enough for them anymore. <laughs> Let's take as many yeah. and mush them into a pot and we make something. We need melting pot. I, I told you guys about uh, Surviving Mars. Yes. Uh, last, okay, so... Like, uh, taking the Battle Royale, open world, survival. With crafting elements. RPG, crafting <laughs> elements, like, put the whole thing and throwing it all together. It's just like, hmm. We will have every I mean, game. Yes. That's a lot Platformer, to program. done. Yeah. Yep. Guys. Done. Puzzle based. Gotta get it I in wanna there. Play, I want to play a CCG RTS platformer. <laughs> to fire my gun, I got to play cards <laughs> from a deck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, forget this. We're stopping the podcast now. We're starting a game. But the, but the bullets are in loot crates. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh. And to get those loot crates, you got to do turn-based battles. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> what, what if? It's like paintball, but when the bullets hit, they change the opponent's costume. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. In a turn-based in a turn-based setting, oh, yes. and they have to jump. They have to switch positions to change costume, and then call in friends. <laughs> but you have to. There's a waiting time unless you pay to call in oh, friends. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, there's Jesus. a cooldown period. Yeah, and you can watch a few ads to speed it up. Or you can buy some gems. You can just make it go right away. Ugh. Tough. To be okay, fair, guys, we're going guys, way too deep down the rabbit hole now. Yeah, we can't crazy. spoil everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just put it all together. Paladin strikes like a weird thing. Oh, oh it's nice. a MOBA. Yeah. But it's like a phone MOBA. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like Van, it's Van Glory with Paladin's characters. So for those Weird. listeners who can't see what's going on, Brendan's actually showing us what Paladin Strike looks like. It's a MOBA. It's, it's a MOBA. It's a MOBA. Yeah, a MOBA. That's, you can go check it out yourself because it what is it? available. Doesn't Smite a MOBA? Yeah. Yep. Okay, then that's fine. <laughs> but not a traditional MOBA. It's, it's a, a first person. Anyway, let's uh, move on. Let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> over this. On this way. All right. Let's let's talk about something I'm sure none of us have any thoughts about. I have uh, thoughts. No, I'm just... I'm being sarcastic, Brendan. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> the FCC slams Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, and a whole bunch of tech companies, inclu- and Hyundai, uh, for... Well, you know, Hyundai. Because Hyundai. <laughs> yeah. uh, in violation of warranty privileges. So, you know those stickers on the back that say, uh, void if removed? Yeah. Like, yeah. Void, warranty void if uh, removed? Yeah, they're not allowed to do that, because it breaches several laws, actually. Like the right of repair law? Yeah, well, and no, uh, it's uh, the actual law is called. Hold on, I'm wasn't the, but wasn't a lot of the stuff for like the game companies too uh, sort of based on? Because I know I think I, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, for Nintendo at least it was uh, a lot to do with their like pre-order, like in preloading uh, like system and how like you basically can't cancel a pre-order once it's done. 
and that sort of is like a breach of sort of like of consumer rights. Um, I actually this one is specifically toward the law that this yeah. one infringes is specifically towards warranties. Oh, okay. So it's the 1975 Mag- Magnuson Moss Warranty Act. All right, and uh, basically um, that act. That act. Basically, manufacturers are not allowed to who produce any hard, hardware that costs more than five dollars USD are are not allowed to place uh, any form of a repair restriction on it. So these stickers violate that restriction. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I I don't think we've received any ex- official responses from no any yet. of the company. No, uh, none companies. yet. But the thing is, it's always been weird because you have the right to repair it, but if you break it in the process of repairing it. It's your fault. Yeah. And then you have to pay them yeah. to fix your mistake. Like, it, warranties are very specific in how they're worded. They basically say, as long as you don't do any damage to the system, they'll fix it for you for free within the warranty period. Yeah. But if you open it up and start, like, smashing things inside, <laughs> that's no longer their fault. So what, yes, I'm, I'm kind of of two minds here. Because I agree that you should be allowed to repair your own equipment. But don't be surprised if the company, after you've broken things inside, yeah. won't fix it for free. Um, yeah, we it's it, it's a it's a it's a very difficult kind of seesaw that we're sitting on here yeah. in that situation. I'm a big fan of re- right to repair. Like, if you wanted to take it to a guy down the street that happens to know like computer engineering or electrical engineering, and he knows how to fix your system, go yeah. for it. But if he suddenly fries everything. Or Don't puts it. mustard instead yeah. of thermal paste yeah. on my CPU. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Ha- Apple gets around this with the fact that they they don't have those stickers and well, they don't the have the stickers. No, but hold on, hold yeah. on. They they do actually offer licensing for people to learn how to be specific yeah, yeah. Apple product repairs. So yeah. you don't actually have to go to the Apple store to get it done. Yeah, you yeah. can go to your dude down the street as long as he's got an Apple license to repair it and your void your warranty is just fine. But sometimes those like those what <laughs> voids the warranty is a little ridiculous. Like I know I know. Uh, like specifically with um, like the Joy-Con mm-hmm. Switch, mm-hmm. it's like uh, it says almost I think somewhere in the manual that like just removing the screws from the Joy-Con controller voids the warranty. Well, that's the thing. That's what this, this law kind of is trying to. In. Yeah, yeah. This is trying to basically make that go away, yeah. like because they're legally not allowed to do it. And so since the time of the issuing, they have about thirty days to. Uh, Remove the written warranty and promotional materials. Actually, you want to hear something hilarious too that I just remembered? What do you remember? Um, it was uh, with the Wii U. Nintendo released a like an, a, a better mm. battery for the gamepad. Yep. Oh, and yeah. you could buy that off the website and put it in your own uh, Wii but U you gamepad. But the minute you took that backing off the thing and opened up <laughs> yeah. the Wii U gamepad, it voided your, your warranty. warranty. Oh, Lord. Uh, so they were selling you a thing that your <laughs> own demise, pretty much. I mean, the thing is, it's a lot of this has to do with one division not talking to another division, not talking to another. Like, yeah. Sony will, like, this weird parts. Okay, stores. hold on. No, I'm going to disagree with you right there. <laughs> How is this, when it, it is across the board Nintendo, this is not a case of one division not talking well, to no, another division. It probably <laughs> depends what's the store division. So probably they release those two. For some reason, they release those batteries. And the store's like, well, we have these batteries. Let's throw them on the store. Like, well, they- yeah. I mean, because I know, I know a lot of people complained about the Wii U battery life being, yeah. like, way too low. So Nintendo's like, all right, fine. We can put a new battery in. And, like, realistically, it's not a complex fix. It's just one little cord yeah, you yeah. plug into it. But, like, of course. it was just the fact that, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that, like, you know, it was written into their warranty that if you take the backing off and, and alter the, the yeah. gamepad in any way, it voids the warranty. So if something, if the joystick breaks, they can look at it and go, well, you, 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 you. 
point replace the battery. So now the void yeah. warranty is voided. Sorry. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not their fault. I'm merely saying I don't think Nintendo's all that good at keeping things all together. Uh, yeah, I could probably agree with that. <laughs> you know, an interesting. It's a lot of things. A lot of wheels turning there. A lot of wheels turning. Or right, just one more thing about this story. It was kind of an interesting line in the letter that they sent uh, to these companies. This this last part here from like the expert that's been kind of published in uh, a number of different outlets. By sending this letter, we do not waive the FTC's right to take law enforcement action and seek appropriate injunctive and monetary remedies against against based on past or future violations. Yep. So that is an interesting fact. So they, at this point, could just let them know that, hey, they're basically letting them know we could still prosecute you whether you do this or not because you got to go back and do it for everything. So that's an interesting thing to note. Well, you're getting swatted, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moving right along. Something I'm excited about, and I know none of you guys... Well, actually, not Cole, you care about this. Yeah. So finally... For those Finally. of us, those of us who are really fa- real fans of Stardew Valley, um, yeah, I love it, Stardew Valley. Oh yeah, you do I love Stardew. Valley. Okay, only Brendan. You know what, guys? It's only Brendan who does. I hate Stardew everything Valley. about Stardew Valley. It's stupid. You should play it. Actually, it's a good. It's a good game. It's I'm a being, great I'm being game. <laughs> well, multiplayer. If you, if you didn't grow up like loving Harvest Moon, I feel like you're yeah. Not, yeah, you're yeah. not going to get a lot out oh, of it. But it's here's very the thing. Harvest Moon. I didn't like Harvest Moon. When and I started, got, and Stardew Valley got you into it. Stardew Valley got me into it because Stardew Valley is very like classic Harvest Moon. Yeah, know? I know. I actually went back to go play Harvest Moon after Stardew Valley. So there we go. But anyway, Stardew Valley is finally entering its uh, multi on uh, open beta for the multiplayer mode. I can't Yay! wait. It's going to be so on PC. Only on PC yeah, though, on PC. not on Switch yet. I, 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 will it be coming to Switch? Where I play. It is. Yeah, yeah it, they did say like later down the line. It is like they're they're working on it. See. Um, I understood that it was going to be for Switch for a while, only for Switch. No, no, no. they, they, they did say it was going for, me. for everything. Like it's the, the the beta, like I think they said um, it's going to be PC first, mm. and then it's going to move over to the consoles. Yeah, uh, yeah. Space. Well, cool. yeah. So that's exciting. It's really cool. And uh, I always, I've always felt like the one thing Harvest Moon was missing was multiplayer. Oh, absolutely. Have you gone and tried it yet? I haven't yet, because you know the the funny thing is, is that I bought it for PC, like a year ago mm-hmm. and for some reason just never played it and then when it came out on Switch I played like nothing but it for a solid month <laughs> yeah a month I'm not even going to tell you how many but, farms but that was the thing too like even like when I, I first got into Harvest Moon specifically on the Game Boy so for me Harvest Moon has always been kind of like a like like better in the portable space um, you know that being said I still think that uh, Magical Melody is the best one they ever made that's the one on the GameCube. Uh, a Wonderful super- Life. No, okay. A Wonderful Life. You and Cody. It's <laughs> it's good, but it's not the best one. It was the most interesting Harvest Moon. It's the one that got me into it. See, I liked it, but I didn't... Uh, I don't know. I, I love got, it. No, like, it was... I just... It had a really cool concept, but, like, in terms of, like, the the most definite version of the best, like, what is Harvest Moon, Magical Melody had it nailed down. A lot of people just don't like it because it's super chibi and cute, and I love that. I actually never played it, so oh, it's so good, man! It is like I know that the big the big contention is that uh, whether Magical Melody or Harvest Moon sixty four is the best one because I there's a lot of arguing, and I I Mm -hmm. might in my younger days, in my more naive days, (laughs) I might have said sixty four is the best. It's now that I know quality, (laughs) but oh yeah, no, you gotta get out, go out and try uh, Magical Melody, man. It'll change you. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right. So 
Stardew Valley multiplayer. It's gonna be awesome. It yep. is. Gonna be great. I can't wait. I'm really excited. We should you can marry together. your friends. We should. Oh my gosh, we should all play together. Yeah. But Start a new farm. Guys, you can all help me save help help Shane save him from himself. We can we can get married. So Cole, don't make me fall in love. Guys. <laughs> I mean, I make a mad turn up. <laughs> oh, stop. It would, it would, it would be it would be a already. harem anime for Cole. <laughs> Cole's <laughs> harem anime. Oh. I think it's time for a break, guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. We're going to come back. We're going to hear some reviews. We've got some tech reviews from Cole. We've got... Game reviews. Game reviews from Jordan. And we have... I haven't played anything. Nothing so from Brendan. I mean, nothing I can talk about. So I saw some stuff, but I can't talk about it yet. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll be right back. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Shaq, do you have a need for comics and graphic novels? I do have a fixin'. Well, fixin'. what you need to do is go to comicbento.com and use the promo code CGMAG in all caps, and you can get $5 off a Comic Bento subscription. It goes right to your door. Yes, five bucks. Dude, five bucks? Five bucks. Five hey, guys, bucks. can I get in on this action? Oh, yes, yeah. you can. Whoa. You know what you have to do? Go what to comicbento.com and use the promo code CGMAG in all caps and get $5 off your Comic Bento subscription. Five whole dollars? Five whole dollars. Whoa. Whoa. Comic Bento. Get it now. Thank you, sponsors. And now we're going to get back to our reviews. And Cole, you're going to talk about the second generation of Ryzen and what it means to build a PC in 2018. Yes. AMD has come out with their second generation Ryzen platform. Well, is, is it second generation or is it just kind of... They call it their second generation. It's not Ryzen 2. It's not Zen 2 Okay, is, is the big thing. Because this is just uh, uh, a generation upgrade right, from right. last year's lineup. But it's a substantial leap. It is. It, it, it's getting some good numbers. Yeah. With the flagship model this time around, which is the Ryzen uh, 7 2700X, uh, compared to the previous flagship, the 1800X, um, which was a $500 CPU, this one is outperforming it and uh, in nearly every benchmark by somewhere in the ballpark of like 15 to 20%. Mm-hmm. And it's doing it at a substantially less value of like three hundred twenty-five bucks. It's a great. It is a great value. Yeah. Is that Canadian or American? Uh, that would be American. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, another great thing that they've done this time around is that all CPUs are finally getting stock coolers. Very good. good. <laughs> because that was a big negative with buying any of the X variants last generation was that. They didn't have the coolers, and then you'd have to spend the extra money mm -hmm. uh, j just to cool your card. Yeah. Um, but that being said, great CPUs, great lineup. Uh, Brennan's going to be reviewing the non-X variants. Yeah. Um, but what's happening with the PC marketplace right now is that it's probably like one of the worst times to actually build a PC. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. there's a graphics card shortage, because cryptocurrency miners are just buying them all up. Uh, same for power supplies. Well, wasn't there something about the the, the what, what was the Asus card that was it Asus or was it AMD card that was hard to like even people that were working for AMD yeah. weren't able to get these cards. It, it would be an AMD card. I think it would probably be the five seventy. Yeah. yeah, because that's the one where they're like, oh yeah, this is the it, it does the most uh it's like most bang for buck essentially. Yeah. Um, and like the the barrier of entry was like three hundred something a card, mm -hmm. and then you you got like like a, a rig of like t 
10 or so of them lined up and, and you would just quickly get up your return. Right. And then once those cards break, put them on eBay as gently used. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, other than that, Rams also had way a, overpriced had a massive increase in price and i don't think it's because of a shortage it's just that they're manipulating the people who are like buying these cards up yeah because ram right now is going for if you're looking for 16 gigs of ram you're looking for at least 200 bucks yeah well, like double the value of what it originally was yeah which is it's gotten to a point when if you want to buy a, a new ryzen system that will be your barrier to entry yeah. more than the cpu I, I think the best thing for people who are who want to get into the PC space, uh, either with a gaming machine mm. or an editing machine, what have you, is that start with a pre-built right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it gives you the most value. It gives you all the parts that you need, and then it, it still gives you that freedom of upgradability, unless it's a really crappy manufacturer mm-hmm. that, you, that you're going with, like maybe HP. Um, what pre-builds would you fine. recommend? Pre-builds, I would say... The, the best thing to do would probably start with like something like a GTX 1060 mm-hmm. or... Uh, yeah, because you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even be able to get an AMD card at this time. So yeah, G- GTX 1060 is a great overall card for starting off. Uh, you'll be able to play every esports game uh, over 60 FPS at at 1080, uh, maybe even 4K in that case. Um, and then for your AAA's and your cinematic experiences, uh, I would say that you'd still be able to hit 60, but it would be probably on like medium. Yeah, medium settings, definitely. How about in terms of laptops? What do you think about gaming laptops in this generation? Gaming laptops specifically are... They're lacking upgrades. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true. Yeah. When I look at their CPUs, it's still just the the standard Intel i7 that we've had for maybe like five years now. Uh, I think it's the 7700HQ. And that chip is now like bottlenecking your hardware that you get so if you get like a a a really expensive like three grand laptop that has that uh like miniature gtx 1080 um that's actually a bottleneck card now because that cpu just can't handle it so you would recommend basically waiting for the next generation to come out or at least seeing what's happening yeah I, i amd says that they're putting ryzen's in the next lineup of laptops that they're planning with uh, MSI mm. and Asus and all those reputable manufacturers. And then Intel really needs to up their game in in the laptop space and offer a new generation of CPUs. I, be, I think right now the biggest thing, if you're looking to buy a PC, ju- it might be a good idea just to wait for a bit. Like, yeah. Because the, the market will stabilize. Or, or even start off with something like with good onboard yeah. graphics like, uh, like a Ryzen 3... Uh, 2400, I 2400 think? 2400 or the Ryzen 5 2600, which are both yeah. like under 200 bucks. Yeah, and, and they have they, actual like good graphics I mean, equivalent. It, it, it would be able to play Overwatch easily. You could do yeah. that sort of stuff. You just might not be able to... You'd be able to explore the full yeah. catalog of indies. You'd be able yeah. to explore the full catalog of esports. If you, want to play, tr- if, if you want to play just at 1080p, you probably would be okay with most of the basic games. Yeah, you'd probably be at like low to medium yeah. settings with most. But you'd still be able to play. Yeah. 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 Cool. cool. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for that information, especially those of us who are looking to get into the PC field more than, you know, console. I need to upgrade to like my... Some of us. My uh, Me. Alienware. Your Alienware? I, or, uh, uh, R15. Oh, yeah. 15 Yeah, it's... Let's just say uh, I dropped it and <laughs> broke a substantial part of the like side casing, and oh, yeah. and also it's just like you can tell it's like outdated. Well, that's just so, extra like, fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, extra it's cooling. Just cooling. It's, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's 
very natural. Um, no, but it's like you can tell it's kind of like getting to that point where it's like outdated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we can trade. You can have my Microsoft Surface Pro, like Generation One no, I don't Surface want Pro. Oh, bro. I just gaming. got ri- I just got rid of my Microsoft Surface or Windows RT. Surface RT. I finally just <laughs> hopped it. I was like, you know, I'm so I just. I just hated looking at it. Yeah. It made See, me so mad. Here's my thoughts. I loved it for work, but that was about it. Yeah. I mean, it was, but you were the literally you were the only one who used it. Yeah. Well, it was perfect <laughs> for any like if you're working on the go, if you had to like commute, especially yeah. using transit, because I am I am from Toronto. Unlike all you people, I don't have a driver's license because and when you're in Toronto, you don't, you don't need, need one. it. No. So it's like being able to throw something really quick that it can be a convertible laptop. Yeah. That versus, you know, No, if you if tablet. you gave me like a, a Windows Surface uh Pro like two, I think we're at now, like Gen two. Yeah. With the pen. Oh that yeah. That was I, really nice. I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I love that thing. And I didn't wish that we, was back Brent, in the didn't day. we run Witcher Three on that yeah, thing? Yeah. And it actually like yeah. on like medium setting, it actually ran yeah. perfectly fine. Like it was it was incredible for hey, what man, it was capable of. I ran Commander Keen on Surface That's, Pro. Whew. It was pretty good. <laughs> That's stepping it up. It got me yeah. right, right in the heartstrings. It was great. <laughs> That's like oh. my standard. If it can run Witcher 3, then we're, we're laughing. If yeah. it can run Commander Keen, then we're laughing. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Jordan, you got a game to talk about. So yes. you actually have two. So you're going to talk about Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, yes. and you're also going to talk about a little game called Earthlock. Yes. All so right. uh, starting with Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, which I hate the fact that it's called Donkey Kong Country. Tropical Freeze. I wish it would just call it Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. I don't know. Yeah. It's, very, it's very tongue twisty. They really want um, you to, to work work those tongue muscles. Um, it's the same exact Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze that you remember from the Wii U. Or maybe you didn't because, you know, nobody bought the Wii U. What was the number we looked at today, Brendan? It was like 13 mil? Yeah, it was 13 million. That's yeah. it. Whew, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's Nintendo continuing uh, to, like, sort of put out I mean, because let's let's be honest, and I I wrote this in my review. It genuinely bummed me out that the Wii U didn't sell because it was a, it was a good console for like for what it was trying to like accomplish. It really wasn't that bad, yeah. and like I liked you know a couple of the games that actually used the like two screen experience. Um, Zombie U being the only one I can think of off the top of my head that actually like really tried to do it. Um, it really worked. The fact that none of the third parties really got on board with it because, like, why would you? It was a sinking ship. Yeah. And, you know, the programming technology was totally different. Like, they, they, they weren't going to learn a whole new interface for Yeah, a, just to, just to a learn how to pour console. over a game. Yeah, like, um, I don't blame them at all, but, you know, it kind of sucks because that, that, that would have helped it big time. Nintendo did a really good job keeping it alive by itself you know like it had like you know here's a new kirby here's a new uh donkey kong here's a new mario here's a new smash bros here's a new mario kart like they really tried to get that thing out yeah they were bringing you back like every three to four months with something new exactly so like when i think about when i see all these games now being ported from the wii u to the switch it does kind of make me like lament a little bit that the wii u really didn't catch on but that being said it's also great that they're you know bringing these Mm -hmm really good games to a system that people actually want to own now. Yes. <laughs> like, people are putting these things in their hands and playing it. Something um, that's in demand. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's it's good that they're, like, getting Second Life, and, like, hopefully, you know, they bring, like, I don't know, Xenoblade Chronicles X, because that game was way better than Chronicles 2. Mm-hmm. But that's a different story. <laughs> that's <a topic laughs> that's not what time. you're talking about no. today. So, this, uh, you know, it's the exact same game uh, with the inclusion of the Funky Kong mode, 
Um, and I mean, it was great. Like, it was great when it came out on the Wii U. Like, Donkey Kong Country Returns, which I personally think was better, was great too. And when they ported Donkey Kong Country Returns to the 3DS, like, it just worked really well. Like, it's a it's mm. a solid platformer. It's not so big that it's like it would seem unapproachable on a, on a portable platform um i feel like there's a they're towing the line a little bit because that was one of the things that tropical freeze did as opposed to uh returns mm-hmm. was it had less levels but the levels were a lot longer so it kind of feels to me like yeah like you could you could probably take this thing on the bus but like whether or not you can clear a whole level maybe like between stops might be like debatable um, but it it works like gangbusters because like like I said it's just it's just a really good tightly made game that like no matter what like platformers have always been good on por- on portables so this is just another example of that um, the Funky Kong mode I wasn't a huge fan of um, what do you actually do in it yeah what is the it's, Funky Kong so mode? it's basically the exact same you play through the same game um, if you want to play multiplayer you can only play as Funky or Donkey Kong and Funky is kind of like an amalgamation of every character um because that was the point of all these separate characters in tropical freeze Mm. like dixie gave you the little like like helicopter twirl uh cranky lets you do the scrooge mcduck pogo jump jump, and then diddy gave you the uh the jetpack so funky starts the game he starts off with five hearts as opposed to like the standard two or four if you have a partner character um he gets a double jump he can slow his descent. Now, unlike Diddy, which I thought was really weird, where you actually had kind of have that hover, like you really don't get a lot of movement in his like his uh, his sort of like quote unquote hover ability. You really just sort of slow your your straight down descent. Um, he can roll infinitely, which you can only do like with Donkey Kong with yeah. the other characters. He can breathe underwater. Um, he can land on spikes because he's got his uh, board. And yeah, like so, he's he's really just like the extra easy mode. Because yeah. I thought I thought it was weird because that like that's the thing is that like Donkey Kong is a challenging game. Yes, it's not impossible, but there is a lot in already included in the way of giving you extra bonuses. So like there is like you know you can go to the store and buy the banana juice, which makes you invincible. Like you can get like the extra balloons. Like it so it gives you a lot. So why like an extra easy mode? is necessary is questionable to me but again i don't want to be one of those guys who's like oh easy mode is the worst thing ever like obviously yeah. you can see how like maybe uh newcomers or like younger players might find some genuine value in this because like it does make the game a lot easier for them but then again i feel like you are losing out on a lot of um like the like this the the dynamism of tropical freeze because you have all those extra characters who are unique to the game and they add a lot to it right. just from like a from like a like, like a gameplay perspective, but also kind of like a universe perspective. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but like, but you know that aside, it really is like a solid game, and it looks great. Like the the Wii U version, I believe, was capped at 720. This actually upscales to 1080 on the dock, and then on 720, like it looks just as good as it did. Yeah. And this was a game too that it really didn't need to trade too much in uh like pixel definition because it was so vibrant and creative and colorful and like just the level design itself is so interesting that you really didn't notice uh like the lack of definition Mm -hmm. and and it really it has that really great like cartoony aesthetic too so you're really not losing anything with it but when it is in 1080p oh it is great (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, no, I would I would highly recommend it if you missed it on the Wii U because it's just it is a, like a fantastic entry into the Donkey Kong uh, franchise. And you know what's uh, super interesting to me too. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, it just seems weird to me how like this uh, the whole like return to the classic seemed like such an interesting idea like back in the day because like you th- like when you look back at like. Mario 64 and Donkey Kong 64. Those games were, like, really good. Mm-hmm. And back then, it sort of seemed like uh, once they made the jump to, 60, uh, to, to like, 3D and were so, like, well-received, like, it seemed like how would you ever not make a game like this? Yeah, you're so that, trapped in this now. Yeah, and then, so, like, you know, granted, everything that Donkey Kong did was very gimmicky. Like, they didn't really have a good follow-up to 64. It was, yeah. like, you know, you got, like, Donkey Konga and King of Swing and... Uh, Jungle Beats, like, everything that was revolved on those stupid bongos and everything <laughs> like that. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, we're going to make a 2D side scroll in Donkey Kong again. Whoa! Save some innovation for the rest of us, Da Vinci! Like, <laughs> you know, and the same, Mario did the same thing. Like, with Mario, like, after 64 and Sunshine, like, when new Super Mario Bros. came out on the DS, I, it blew my mind out of my head. Like, I was like, oh my god, like, a return to classic Mario? Like, what is this? How dare you? It just it just seems so out of the box considering the fact that all they really did was just reach back into the box they already had. Like yeah. so that's interesting to me, just on a fun little who'd have thought uh kind of train. But yeah, no, it's uh, I had a lot of fun with it. And I, I mean I liked uh, Tropical Freeze a lot. Then you know, again, like I said, I still think uh Country was a lot better, and the one thing I, con- uh, country's my favorite, or country I, returns. Oh, okay, sorry. never mind. No, country, country's my favorite. Country's my favorite spot. too, yeah. and I yeah, I have a genuine soft spot for it because it I, was the probably, first game I beat completely. Oh yeah, me too. Was, it was probably, it was the first game I had on uh, Super Nintendo, and it was like probably the one that I played the most yeah. on the Super Nintendo. Um, sorry, qualifier, first console game I beat completely. Yeah, yeah that and like so. Toy Story <laughs> on the Super Nintendo. Um, Toy Story. Love that game. Aww. It was hard. Was it really? It sucks now looking back on it, but it was, <laughs> it was one of those games. Cause we loved Toy Story back in the day. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, th- just to, to follow up, I think um, one of the things that one of the gripes I have with the two uh, in the vein of the Funky Kong mode is that they did add some extra levels, but it just seems weird to me. Like because that was one of the things I liked about Donkey Kong Country Returns on the 3DS is that they they added like ten unique levels mm-hmm. for the 3DS. And it just seemed weird to me that they would go the route of adding, like, something like a super easy mode as opposed to, like, adding, like, you know, 10 or, like, 15 mm-hmm. new, like, genuinely new levels for the Switch. But, you know, you take what you can get. All right. And the other game I played was a little indie game called Earthlock from uh, the Norwegian studio called Ca- Snowcastle Games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, it, you know, it's a it's a pretty standard uh, turn-based RPG, which is always good to see. Like, I like, I like, see, like, I do like seeing just a sort of a classic turn-based RPG like a lot of I feel like a lot of people who make RPGs now like kind of try to tie some gimmick to it which is which is fine um but every now and again it's always good to see just a good old-fashioned one yeah and it's I'm not having the best time with it now and this is my problem uh with a lot of like indie games uh is I had the same problem with shyness or shinies or shines the lightning kingdom which was, like, a really cool concept. It was, like, this kind of, like, big open-world fantasy, somewhat RPG, but the combat was, like, almost like like a like a, 3, like a 3D tournament fighter. Like, it was more about, like, actually building combos and using, like, active, uh, like, combat. But that had a lot of problems in, this, in the way that, like, it just lacked a really good, like, polish, a really good, like, definition. Like, there was a lot of, like, janky textures, a lot of, like, bad animations, just weirdness here yeah. and there. Mm-hmm. 
And this has the exact same problem. Like, I was telling Cole earlier, like, the game starts. <laughs> it opens up after the cool, like, really good, like, like really good, like, really well done, like, hand-drawn, um, like, tutorial story. And it opens in on this, like, you know, one of the, like, one of the characters, this girl and her, like, sort of, like, weird wolf-dog hybrid thing. Um, and it's just sitting there with its eyes just plastered open, unblinking. <laughs> And the first line she said of dialogue that she says to her dog is, "Hey, wake up! It's time to go do our exam." And I was like, "When was this thing sleeping? It looks like it's been on a cocaine binge for three days." Is there voice like, acting in this? No, there isn't. Okay, there's I just, like because I was gonna say that's like my okay. Uh, I love I, as much as I love my indie games. One of the oh, my biggest pet peeves. You really have to nail it with voice acting oh, yeah. in games, and I much prefer uh, like an indie studio. If you can't afford big name actors who yeah. can actually yeah. act, don't do it. Just do a text. I mean, but then again, like you know, that, that, that I feel like that uh, that takes away from like up and coming voice actors who you know, you know, David Hayter was it, a nobody at one point. I mean, too. Yeah, yeah, but like, there's a difference. Yeah, exactly. Okay, there's a yeah. difference get a between get a skilled voice actor. Don't just hire your friend. Yeah, don't no no. I mean, yourself. Your friend might have a cool voice, but doesn't mean your friend can act. Um. But that's the thing, right? So it's it, you know, aside from like the standard like you know like hiyas that are happening like in combat, like there's really no uh, yeah like actual voice acting. Cool. Um, and it's like uh, you know the story I can see being kind of interesting. It's like you know there's like these like weird like magic users and they you know they got too big for their britches, so people like kind of like threw a war down and they you know unleashed a bunch of monsters on the world and it was all this big hubbub. Um, and uh, it's got a character that's like a little uh, it, they're called they're called pig bunnies. And he's adorable, but his his name is also uh, like um, uh, was it like Nart, like G N A R T Nart. And I, some of the names are really like oof. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just really like it's really just janky. Like you know, combat like the combat itself, like you know, it has that thing where uh, you've seen it done before in, in RPGs. Like I know. Uh, um, was it uh, uh, Tales uh, uh, Trials of Heroes did it, and even like Paper Mario did it, where like you if if you if a, if an enemy is alerted to you, you can like engage in the combat by like hitting the enemy first, kind of thing. Yeah. But this is just like if an enemy sees you, press B, combat starts, you get the first attack. There's no like animation. There's no way you actually engage the mm-hmm. combat, and it's like it's just like yeah, it's just like little like lazy touches like that that kind of make it feel like really. Very like low quality indie. Can I interrupt you? It's actually not pig bunnies because I had to look this up. Oh, what is it? Uh, because I need to see this. It's the, it's a hog bunny or hog bunny. Oh, and they are adorable. That's very different. They look yeah. like they kind of look like it looks like I want to say like a moogle. Yeah, that's like, like a pig. Tusks? Yeah, no, it, does it have tusks? I think it has I can't like see in this image. Oh well, yeah, yeah, it does. It has little tiny tusks. Yeah, like oh. those adorable like pig ears that that's are now what bunny I mean. ears. Like they have a bunny face. It's really creative and it's really like like you can tell that someone put genuine oh, yeah. time and effort into well, making this. Well, you can this. tell that with all the character designs. Like it's a really pretty game. Oh yeah, no, it looks it looks great. Like, um, but it's just like it just you know there's certain things like when you see like like there's like a you know one of the attack animations is like a dash and it's just sort of like a very like instant like tell the guy teleports to the guy teleports back and there's like you know the kind of like a line like a whoosh line but it just mm. sort of pops in pops out like it doesn't like there's no like like fluid transition there's no um, like expressive animations no and even like the way like combat plays out like like there's no um it doesn't feel like there's that like kind of like gap between enemy attacks and uh, like player attacks. Like it just sort of like everything like pops out. Like so, it it, it feels rushed. Yeah. And that's my one thing. It's just like uh, you know. And I know um, 
it it feels like a genuine problem with like with certain indie games. It's like like it's like you either you really either get in the game industry now, you either get these like really high budget like big grandiose things or you get these really low budget like really like kind of like haste mm-hmm. feeling like they like hastily put together un- unless they're like 8-bit uh you know retro indie games and there doesn't feel like there's a solid middle ground between that and it bothers me when i see games like this that are so genuinely inspired but they just sort of lack the the resources or the or the talent so where would they have cut corners say if it was a budgetary thing now i, I have no idea what's what was going on with this team. i don't know i would say animations then yeah seems to be the big one like if they can't afford to close the the eyes of the wolf dog. Yeah, it's like I, mean, I, th- I think, but I think Lisa's question really is like, where would they have cut corners yeah. in order to oh. save money to make this a uh, sort of? And I don't, I really don't know. This, that's the problem is that there really isn't anywhere you can cut corners. Yeah. Um, maybe the catering department. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know that. And that's the problem is that like you know, uh, Jim's really. You know what I really want to do? I really want to go into like a three man in- indie studio and say, so how much do you spend on catering? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, Jim Sterling did a great video about this, like the the fall of the middle shelf game, like games from like even like developers like like Ubisoft and you know the bigger names who would make like you know middle of the road, middle budget games not looking to make a crazy amount of money but also not looking to turn like too much you know to lose a lot of money on it like doesn't need to be a retro game and it just it it's it feels like this is a this is a clear example of that do you really think anyone is going into this not hope like and putting a game on the shelf and not expecting wanting to make some sort of money out of it like i mean the developers i know okay or i've talked and i've talked to like their their goal is to I'm not saying they all want to be like AAA developers out of the project, but they want to put out a game. They want to try their best. They, I've never met a developer that didn't want to put out no, a product that they thought was something that they like a serious developer. You I mean. know what I mean? Like it's 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 not about obviously turning a profit because you have to, but it's 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 certain things like you know when people uh, when they sell like when they sell games and they make like you know twenty million dollars and that was like a disappointment. It's like in what world? But. You know. Well, the, remember the budget to create a game, especially oh, if you're creating a game g- over the course of a number of give years. Give me a break. I mean, Square Enix said that Final Fantasy XIII's sales was a disappointment. There's no way they didn't make their money back on that, and then some on top. But that, like, you're, that's a triple A compared to like an indie, though. Yeah, but you know, that's but that's my that's I guess where I'm going with this whole thing is that like that's the problem is that indies they they don't have a ton of resources and like and it shows and it's just it it sucks sometimes because you can really see like where where this game could have been a genuine. Uh, thing and if like if if they needed to like take hits um to like you know to their own overall bottom line in order to uh put that little extra like bit of polish on it mm-hmm. yeah that sucks but it would have made a world of difference that being again, said like that's, that's the only the thing that's keeping me out of it any kind of indie industry right like every, yeah. you're you're going to have to always build with that kind of restraint and yeah that kind of and that's restraint. that's the thing um I know we're, we're getting this a little bit long and I don't want to keep going on this, but that's, I think that's the thing that genuinely separates like where, where indies make, you just see like retro eight bit, 16 bit game after retro 18, 16 bit yeah. game after yeah You know, when like it's very few indies that actually have that ambition to try and make like a, like a big 3d game that looks like it could stand on par with some of the stuff that's coming out like on console. Like not every you know indie game is obviously going to want to be, a retro 8-bit game because yeah it's very easy to make those with like you know low budgets and high textures so well this would be an interesting topic to explore on coffee and cartridges yeah well you know our entire list for (laughs) one episode a month (laughs) it's very hard (laughs) 
Well, anyway, um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, you know, bottom line, good game, flawed, like, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't, I, uh, that's, that's the nature of the indie game. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I, I, that's, I think that's it. Uh, I, Brendan, you have, uh, you don't have a game. To no, talk about. not today. Yeah. He's boring Brendan today. Hey man, that was me. That was me for two weeks. I didn't have to, <laughs> to play. Yeah, I know. Two well, you, you made it up with the two games today. I, I, I don't have a game to talk about today either, but, uh, Cool. All right. So I think we're going to wrap it up, gentlemen. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you for sitting down and talking with us. Oh, thank you. All of us. You're welcome. I feel like I'm interviewing you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Can I get the uh, job? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes. No. No. (laughs) Anyway. We'll have our people call you. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do lunch. Don't call us. We'll call you. We'll go through your (laughs) Your mom. Uh, we're getting squirrely. It's time to yeah. time to wrap it up. Let's do it. Anyway, listeners, thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you hear or you want to know more about the things that we talked about, please visit us at cgmagonline.com. You can like and subscribe to our podcast on Buns Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can follow us on Facebook at CG Magazine, on Instagram at CG Mag Online, and on Twitter at CG Mag Online. Guys, do you want to plug your Twitters? Uh, sure. Mine's at Ninja Jordan underscore... Mine is Kaiser underscore Watson. Bfry26. And I'm at Lisa Awesome with no E's. Uh, you can catch past episodes of Pixels and Ink on YouTube, so subscribe to our channel. You can also check out some really great videos that we have up there, some of the latest gameplay footage and some comparative uh, platform footage as well. There's lots of stuff. It's cool. Check it out. Anyway, <laughs> thanks again to our sponsors and uh, for you know taking the time to sponsor our content podcast and helping this keep keep it going and from everyone here at cg magazine have a great weekend